Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Natasha Kirsch, the founder and CEO of the nonprofit Empowering the Parent to Empower the Child. Its pilot program is The Grooming Project, which is devoted to helping families become self-reliant through job training in the high-demand trade of pet grooming. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. The Grooming Project, as I mentioned, offers job training and support for struggling parents, but it's the only nonprofit pet grooming school in the country. So what inspired you to nonprofit work like this, number one, and two, what led you to dog grooming as the means of lifting families and their children out of poverty? Well, I started working with homeless families about 10 years ago, and that's when I really learned that if you got a job making 10 to $12 an hour working full time, that you would lose all of your welfare benefits. And a single mom trying to make ends meet could no longer afford childcare, housing, or food on her own. So she would often quit her job to go back on welfare just to support her family. It just became an endless cycle then. It did, you know, and then you had the, you had the other moms that were trying to make work work And they would leave the six-year-old at home to babysit the two-year-old while they went and worked a second shift job. And then there was others with felonies on their record or no education. And it just seemed really hopeless. And I was trying to figure out how I could possibly help these families get onto a different path because I could tell that their kids were following in mom's footsteps. And it just hit me one day when I was driving home from work and my mom called and said, I need another groomer, put an ad in the paper. I'll take any warm body who walks through the door. And my mom was a dog groomer in Iowa and she had always complained about not having enough groomers and I knew how much money she made. So I started doing some research and was able to put the two together. So your mother had a dog grooming business of her own then? Yes, yes. She already had six or seven employees, but it was always a struggle for her, and she often had to train her own skilled groomers. So you're sitting in the car, you have this revelation, and how long did it take then? How did you start? How long did it take for you to come up with the grooming project and and open your doors? Well, uh, that's funny because it took a long time. I actually decided to go to graduate school to get a degree in nonprofit management and actually spent about two years studying what actually has been working to break the cycle of poverty. And it reaffirmed a lot of the hunches that I already had and helped me really develop the program that we have now. So then after graduate school, it took another three years to actually raise the money to open our doors. Walk us through the program, focusing on the job training aspect. So the job training piece, it takes about six to nine months for a a mom or a dad to learn the skills. It's 644 hands-on grooming hours. So they are grooming from day one, Tuesday through Friday for six to nine months. And that's dependent on childcare sick days that they have to take or uh, court cases or something like that. 
But what they're learning is everything from pet handling and safety, customer service, learning the computer system, how to schedule, all the way to hand scissoring a groom and sometimes even how to dye a dog's hair. There, there is such a thing, dyeing a dog's hair? There is. There's actually a, a whole big business in that. So they get well-rounded skills, and then they have an internship as well, don't they? That's right. So we actually ask them to intern in three different grooming environments. So normally kind of like a bigger franchise type doggy daycare boarding grooming facility so they can see what that corporate structure looks like. Then often your mom and pop grooming salon. And then there's also groomers that work for veterinarians. You have a magazine called Grooming Love and Hope. And I know from reading some of the articles in that, that one of the big days in the program is when they get their scissors. They get their scissors usually around month two or three. It's really symbolic when they get their scissors because they are stepping into their new profession and they're cutting away some of the stuff in their past that was holding them back. When a lot of the students start with us, so many of them are homeless or they're coming from domestic violence shelters, homeless shelters, that type of thing. And just getting to school every day is a really big challenge. I mean, consider being on a bus, taking two to three, four sometimes stops just to get to school. And by the way, you're dropping off two or three kids at school or daycare along the way. During this time, we're trying to stabilize the family because they might be couch surfing. They may not know where they're sleeping that night. You know, they may not have any food stamps left and they may not know what they're going to eat that night. And so there's just a lot of tiny pieces that we have to make sure we can really piece together to make it so that they can be successful in our school. You provide a very holistic approach, and that's why you say that the job training is only half the battle. So what are some of the other ways that your programs help to support these families? Well, the very first thing that we do when we're starting with a family is help them secure housing, child care, transportation, and then mental health if, if that's needed, which in a lot of cases it is. But then beyond that, we start working with them. Um, we've got a legal clinic. So a lot of our folks you know, might have a warrant out for their arrest because they drove on a license that was suspended and they can't pay the fines. So they just keep kind of toppling on top of each other and snowballing. Then we've got folks that have never been to a dentist before and they've got dental infections so deep inside of them that it's making them really sick. So we now work with 22 dentists that help. We work with harvesters. We work with domestic violence shelters. So it's really just trying to figure out what exactly does that student and family need? And then what in our network can we pull together for them? So you do have a strong network of community partners. How many students have you graduated at this point? And what is their placement rate? So far, we've graduated 84 students, and we have a 100% job placement rate. Wow, that is incredible. And what do you think is the key to that? Is there just such a demand? I mean, I know that Americans are pet crazy. <laughs> so is it right. such a demand, or, or is there another reason why you have such an excellent placement rate? Largely, it's the demand. I mean, I would love to just say that, you know, we're the best school in the world, um, and hopefully we are. But I can tell you that our job placement rate is based on demand. I mean, 
people in the community know who we are, so they want to take our students. They're not used to having groomers that are trained, so we can really help give that business a boost. But the numbers that I really care about are our retention rate numbers, because that tells me whether our program is actually working. You know, it's, it's, it's okay if you can get a job, but it's really hard to keep that job. And so what are those retention rate numbers? Right now, we're at about 76% retention in grooming, but we've got the other 16% that are employed outside of grooming. So overall, it's just over 90% retention rate. And for the families that we serve, this is a, is a very high number in the industry. The other thing is, too, that although they may not stick with pet grooming, the other skills that they learned that you mentioned before being part of this program certainly carry over or the way you have been able to help them change their circumstances to some degree anyway makes them employable and makes the employment opportunities more possible for them just overall. Yeah, I mean, definitely. The the biggest thing that I've learned while doing this is that You know, when you grow up on the streets, the skill set that you learn doesn't always translate to job readiness. And what we're able to do, because we are working 40 hours a week with that family so intensely, we're able to role model better behavior in the workplace and emotion regulation and really help them practice those skills, you know, day after day after day. It might take somebody three or four months of this type of practice before it becomes more natural to them. And that's really the key in the retention part. You know, it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I had read about is that as the students learn how to groom the dogs, one of the positive benefits is that the art of grooming itself promotes healing and helps with many of the things that you just said, being able to control anger, being able to come out of your shell. I'm paraphrasing you now, but the interaction with that dog helps all that. And what can you tell us about that? You know, that ended up just being a real happy accident. You know, I had had heard people before say, you know, the healing powers of dogs, and I never believed them. But when my students would start saying that, They like coming to school because it's the most relaxing part of their day, that their favorite part is the bathing and the brushing because it's almost, it's like being in a trance for a little while. And I'm thinking, well, if people like coming to school every day, they're going to like going to work every day. And that's really good for the family. The other part that I thought was really cool was our vision and focus really is on the kid, you know, the children in that family. But we want to go through the parent to get to the child because we want to reach them as early as possible. And the unique thing about working with the dogs was mom has now realized that the dog is responding to her energy. And so she has to calm herself down before she can handle a dog. And they're now telling me that when they go home and are with their toddlers at home at night, when you know they're throwing a tantrum, they are now learning how to calm down so that the child then can be calm as well. Overall, Impact Tracked, you've had 84 students. You've been, what, about three years now of classes? Is that right? Yeah, we started, the pilot class was in 2016. So we've been around for a little over five years now. And we did a big program evaluation in January. And that's when we learned more about our retention rates 
And what we started seeing in this data was that the average salary was $41,000 for a graduate that's now working more than 30 hours a week and growing. Our top graduates are earning between sixty dollars and $70,000 a year now, which is really interesting because I actually employ one of these graduates that's in the top earner market. She works out in our Lee Summit salon that charges market rate, but it helps support our school. And the interesting thing is, you know, she was really struggling five years ago on welfare for most of her life. And... Now she's making more money than many of our staff members that have graduate degrees. We've also seen a 150% increase in social support systems. So one of the questions that we asked them, if you get a flat tire on the road, how many people can you call? And most of the students, when they come to us and we ask them that question, they don't have anybody they can call to come help. And now we're seeing that they have four or five people they can call. And that might be because they're now making friends with people that they work with or their boss might be um, helping in their lives. And then, of course, our organization continues to help our graduates for two, sometimes three years after they graduate from the school. Let's talk about that. What kind of a after program do you have that sustains them through that two to three years? Is that a formal program? No. So it's interesting because when, when I first started the program, I thought, okay, this is six months long. We do the job training and then we're done. And we learned real fast that that doesn't work. What we found out was some of the folks then are, they got the job, but maybe their paycheck isn't coming before the food stamps leave, and maybe there's an emergency with their car, and now they can't make it to work for two days and they get fired. And so what we ended up doing was creating the bridge program. And what this is, is when they leave our doors, so we have an employment coach that checks in with them once a week, more if they need or want it. And then the employment coach also helps work with the employer because sometimes communication is the only issue and it's something that we can easily work out. We also have an emergency assistance fund. So like donors will contribute to this fund that will help if they get a flat tire or they can't play for childcare that week or they need some food, you know, something like that. And then it becomes helping them navigate off of welfare. They've always lived in public housing, always been on food stamps, and now they get to decide, okay, well, where should I live so that my kids have a good school to go to? They don't often have people in their lives that have had these choices before. So our volunteers and our staff really can help our students kind of navigate these life changes And they're really big life changes. One of the other things that you teach is, you know, you you teach the skills, the the, the technical skills of grooming, but you also teach business management. And you have had some students graduate and start their own businesses. Yeah, this has been kind of the fun part. So we got a grant from the Kauffman Foundation that really helped us help our students walk through a business plan. And it's been a lot of fun because, you know, budgets are always the hard part, but the budgets are the most important part because they might make the assumption that I can groom 10 dogs a day and the average cost per groom is, you know, $50 a dog or whatever. And I'm going to be open this many days a month and this many days a year. Well, what you don't factor in is that you may not have 10 dogs a day to groom because somebody might not know that you exist yet. 
And so it's really kind of helping the graduates walk through these assumptions and plan for best case scenario, worst case scenario. And then what we were able to establish out at our Lee Summit Salon was they can actually kind of go through the simulation. So they are the ones that are running that business. They are doing the customer service. They're helping with the marketing. And so far, we've had three graduates start their own businesses, which has just been so cool to see because these folks are now feeling so empowered and so in control of their lives, which is exactly what we wanted. You keep mentioning the Lee Summit Salon. Do you have the one salon uh, or do you have several? So we've got the school and salon on Troost, 58th and Troost. And then in Lee Summit, we have a salon. So that is where the graduate students can go and work if they want to. That's also a place where we've got a graduate student that maybe ran into some hiccups in life after they graduated and they need some extra training, we can send them out there and work with them there as well. But the goal of that salon is really to help pay for our school. It's an earned revenue stream that can help us be more sustainable. You've talked about getting to the child through the parent. So do all of the participants, do all the students in your program need to be parents or do you sometimes have other types of students as well? We will occasionally take, you know, maybe two a year of what we would call non-traditional. So these might be folks that have been in prison for the last 20 years and they really have severe barriers to getting a job, we will take some of those folks on. But for the most part, we really focus on parents that have children underneath the age of eight so that we can help teach them how to help raise those kids out of poverty. So how can the public, the general public, get involved with the grooming project? We have a lot of volunteer opportunities. We're always trying to fill out some of our committees or an event is going on. And we're always looking for donations. Um, folks can go to our website, thegroomingproject.org, and learn more about our program. You just had your big fundraiser, your annual fundraiser, a few weeks ago. And I know that through the end of the year, you are continuing to try to raise the money to finish your 2022 budget. So there's, and there's just ongoing donations, like you said, the emergency fund and other opportunities as well. Do you need volunteers? We do. We always need volunteers. We even like volunteers that like to clean and paint because they can get pretty dirty with a dog grooming school. And also on your website, visitors there can find the September 2021 issue of your grooming magazine. And it's just full of success stories about some of your different uh, students who have gone on to jobs and, and talked about talk about the program and how meaningful and how life-changing your services, your care, and your attention have been for them. And so I would encourage anyone who goes out to thegroomingproject.org to make sure you scroll down just a ways and, and click on that digital version of the publication and, and really learn more about some of the people that are being helped through this program. And so all of that is out at the website at the grooming project.org. Natasha, what's your vision moving forward? You know, I hope I hope that in the next 20 years, we're in every major city in the country. Uh, there's a national shortage for dog groomers, and there's a huge demand for families that are living in poverty. But I think even more than that, 
what I hope that our program will do is help change the way the welfare system works. We have proven that if you take an all-in approach and coordinate all of those needed services and add job training to it, you can move a family from being homeless for generations to self-sustaining in less than two years. You are doing wonderful work. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on Banking on KC to talk with us about your program and all of the good impact that it's having. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kelly. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Natasha Kirsch for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. At The Grooming Project, Natasha and her team know that job training is only half the battle to helping parents break the generational cycle of poverty for their children. They take an all-in approach, addressing multiple barriers at the same time. The Grooming Project is already seeing positive results with a 100% graduate placement rate at jobs that pay good wages. A few graduates have even started their own dog grooming businesses. Since its founding, Country Club Bank has invested in generations of Kansas Cityans, supporting the communities we serve through financial and volunteer efforts. When each of us invests in community, we all prosper. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.